go in the bathroom and Lynn and Holly go into the women's room. Now I'm washing my hands at the sink and I remember the, uh, the janitor being next to me and I remember thanking him for keeping the bathroom so nice. And I turn to dry my hands, he turns to go into the janitor's closet and in that one second, I'm in full cardiac arrest. Now I had no pains, we weren't under stress for time. There was nothing from a human level that precipitated it. I had no idea what was going on on the inside, but it, a lot of times at the airport, you're under stress, you're running, you're racing, whatever. That wasn't the case. I had no chest pains, I had no numbness, I had nothing. And um, so in that one second, I'm in full cardiac arrest. I hit the floor, the janitor comes back out, he doesn't know what to do, I'm turning blue. I'm as stiff as a board. I'm in a contorted position. Uh, of course, I didn't know any of this, but you know, no pulse, no breathing. And uh, but in God's providence, I fall. And if you can think in terms of airports, where you normally can see like the first part, and then the airport, the bathrooms didn't make a left a left dog leg yeah. or a right dog leg. Right. There was enough of me that fell where that people from the the concourse who were walking by could actually see that there was a man down. And so the. Poor janitor, all he did, he took, brought a, a roll of toilet, big roll of toilet, put it under my head. He didn't know what to do. Meanwhile, people are walking by. No one does anything. There's a little 10-year-old girl. It's an amazing story. A little 10-year-old girl, she sees that there's a man down in the entryway to the men's room. And she has the wherewithal to run to get a police officer. And then she runs all the way down to the USO lounge where her dad and, and mother and sister are waiting for their flight. Well, that was Hutz Hertzberg, who now is with Turning Point USA, telling the dramatic story of how he nearly died at Midway Airport. Uh, it's a dramatic story, and uh, in the first episode, he told us the groundwork for what happened, but we did not finish it. And so today is Hutz's chance to just finish out the story and tell you the miraculous details of how it all played out. You know, according to a recent study of hundreds of post-abortive women, 60% of women report that they would have preferred to give birth if they had received more support from others and had more financial security. Well, that's where preborn steps in. Preborn is there for women in their darkest hour. And by the way, so are you by helping and contributing. Now, you make it possible. Uh, because women then are deciding between life and death for their precious child. You know, the reality is women are being pressured to make this decision and are being told that their babies are just a clump of cells. Preborn welcomes women with God's love and introduces them to the beautiful life growing inside of them, which doubles their baby's chance of life. And when you support preborn, you not only support women, you make it possible for the babies to live too. If you want to help, and I know you do because so many of you have, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. You can call us at 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040. You can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. You can listen on any podcast platform, whatever your favorite is including AFR.net, which is the way, it's our home base. It's where we post the podcast every day. You can go to Apple, Spotify, all of them. You can also go to SandyRios.com. That's a really easy way to listen. It's a great way to recommend friends who are not podcast savvy to listen. SandyRios.com. All right, so stay tuned. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the final edition of our dramatic interview with Hutz Hertzberg on today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.
from American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. Well, and I wasn't there a concern about your um, your cognitive and your recovery, oh, what you'd yes. be like afterwards, and yes. and the truth is, I don't know if you immediately you were aware immediately, right, when you woke up. Well, you're exactly right, and some would argue that uh, there was some cognitive, but <laughs> <laughs> you can be the judge of that and those listening to this interview, but. <laughs> you know, so you're exactly right. So when you're without oxygen, and they estimate it was anywhere from seven to nine minutes, you know, that is potentially obviously very, very serious, let alone just the physical dimension of, you know, having a serious event like that. So in the emergency room and then after, because I was unconscious for the first 24 hours, they were warning Lynn, preparing Lynn, he will have deficiencies. We don't know if they're going to be cognitive or physical or both, and we don't know how severe they were or will be, but you need to be prepared that your husband is going to be different after this event, if he makes it. And so um, that is what she was living with at that point. And um, so by God's grace, you know, I don't believe I have any deficiencies, but that's all by God's <laughs> grace. I mean, again, I, I have nothing to do with it. It's just God's mercy to me. Well, now people know why this made the news, such big news. Yeah. and I, all kinds of stories about it. Well, I'm, I'm smiling because <laughs> the reason I made the news, can I tell you this story, yes. Sandy? Is it okay? Yes. Sure. Because, again, this is how God uses this. So, you know, we had some dear friends, including Pastor Lutzer and his wife, come to the hospital. and there's That's you know, Dr. Irwin Lutzer, Pastor Moody Church, our mutual good friend. And I served as executive pastor with Pastor Lutzer, which is how I've gotten to know Sandy and her wonderful husband, Bruce, all these years. And so we, they, they limited how many people would come and see me. And I would, again, I was unconscious. And so my wife was there, didn't recognize her. There was a couple other friends there, didn't recognize them. Then Pastor, and my own brother came. He drove 14 hours overnight just to be there, and I didn't recognize him. And it was only later that I even realized that these people were there. And the story I'm about to tell you, you really have to know Pastor Lutzer to fully appreciate this, but he, he, he walks into the, the room, and keep in mind, I haven't moved at all. And... Apparently, though, when I saw Pastor Lutzer, there was enough cognitive activity that I tried to lean up in bed to greet him and then went down. And at that point, that was actually, you know, it's now become very, very humorous because you know, we talk about, you know, Pastor Lutzer getting the respect he deserves when even my own wife I didn't recognize. But the people in the room, though, were actually encouraged because they knew that there was some cognitive recognition at that point, and so that gave them... Uh, you know, some measure of hope. But anyways, so I'm at McNeil Hospital. It's in uh, the near western suburbs of Chicago. I never heard of McNeil Hospital. It's now my favorite hospital. And um, they did a, a wonderful job. After a day and a half, they realized that I had two blockages. <clears throat> and one was what you often hear is the widow maker. 
And here's the, the, the ironic thing. Three months to the day that I had my event, I had a full cardiac stress test. And I passed with flying colors. In fact, the guy turned it off. He said, we got everything we need. I said, well, I can go along. No, you don't need to. Everything looks great. The cardiologist is right there. I said, is there anything else I need to? Nope, everything looks great. That was three months to the day. And so there was no sign, you know, no real history of anything like this at all. So it just tells you how fast things can change. But anyways, at McNeil Hospital, I get home and I go through cardiac rehab. I'm back to work, you know, and our lives are going on, you know, more or less, although not a day goes by, including this morning, that I didn't thank the Lord for saving my life five years ago, Sandy. I mean, there's hardly been a day that goes by that I don't thank the Lord. But anyways, I get a note from the president of McNeil Hospital. Now, I don't know her. She said, I, I heard about your story, and uh, she said, um, I, I would I'm so glad we could be of assistance to you and your family. I would love for you to come and share the story at our, our hospital and uh, with our, our, our staff. And uh, she wanted to come in December. I had a very full December, couldn't do it. So I said, I'd be very glad to come in January. She said, great. So fast forward, now it's January. And um, I get to the hospital, McNeil Hospital, suburban uh, Chicago, and she meets me at the door and uh, with my wife and daughter. And uh, we're walking, and her name is uh, M.E. Cleary, President M.E. Cleary. It's part of the Loyola system. And so, you know, she's, you know, treating me like I'm a VIP. And again, I, you know, have nothing, nothing about me. It's all about the Lord. And as we're walking, I said, President Cleary, I just have to tell you that I don't really think I can share the story without talking about the Lord. And she stops. She looks me right in the face. I want you to talk about the Lord. <laughs> and I said, okay. <laughs> and um, so we get to the room, and I'm expecting a conference room a little bit bigger than the size of this table with kind of like her senior staff. We get to a room that there's 250 people in the room. It's literally every employee that's not on duty, plus the bo hospital board, plus the chief medical officer, plus other people. I mean, it was every the room was packed. It was all the residents there, standing room only. And I said, um, our President Cleary, what is the program? And uh, because I figured, you know, I was just one part. You know, I had a little part of a bigger deal. And she said, well, you are the program. I said, how much time do I have? She said, take all the time you need. And so it was really remarkable. So I, I share from a physical standpoint, physiological standpoint, and then Lynn shares from her perspective. Then I get back up there and I open up the scriptures. And I share what God has shown me and has taught me as a result. Is Here's the Muslim ER doctor who was worked on me in the ER. Here's all these you know, medical people. And for the next hour plus after we got done, people came up to me with tears in their eyes saying, you know, I so appreciate it. We just hear bad news. You know, what you shared was so encouraging. Or I was in the cath lab. I was the one that helped put the stents in you. And so that was the next iteration. But there's more, Sandy. I'll stop. But the, because when you mentioned about the TV stations, that that was really remarkable how that happened as well. And I, I can share that with you if, if there's time. No, go ahead. Would well, do you mind? No, I don't mind, no, but I, I just want to be careful with are, your time. People are going to, I'll probably put this into two shows, okay. which will be great. Okay. So, well, uh, so, so that, yeah. that's January, you know, it's, it's six months after my event. And I thought, well, this has you know, really been special. And, you know, that's kind of ends, you know, puts a, a lid on this whole story. And again, personally for me though, a day hasn't gone by. They haven't thanked the Lord and it's meant something to me, but you know, that's kind of the end of the public interest. So in the spring, I get a phone call from President Cleary. And she says, Hutz, I, I would love 
to bring together the Good Samaritans that saved your life, their families, and your family, and some of the officials from the hospital on the one-year anniversary of what happened. And I said, President Cleary, I mean, I, why would you do that? She said, I just think it would be wonderful to bring, you, bring everybody together. And um, because the Good Samaritans really, for like 15, 20 minutes, they worked on me, but then they all went their separate ways. And, you know, and, it, and we had, of course, reached out to them. I talked to everyone on the phone, thanked everyone profusely, written notes. Uh, you know, we tried to show appreciation in other ways to them because obviously we're very appreciative. But, you know, that was kind of the one time in, in life that we were all together for that moment. And so, again, long story short, now it's the one-year anniversary to the day. She rents out country club in suburban Chicago we have a dinner on Friday night where everybody who was a part of that story was there every one of the Good Samaritans their spouses and families they fly in from four different states at the expense of President Cleary the the people that were special to us at that point who were part of our story and were there the hospital you know leading people from the hospital were there President Cleary was there hosts us for this wonderful dinner then the next day at the hospital, there's three things that are planned. She, she wants first to have a press conference, and she's already apologizing. She's saying, I, I don't know if any of the press is going to be here because, you know, who knows if they'll show up or not. There's, this was June, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in Chicago, and we have no idea who's going to show up. And so, you know, I said, that's fine, you know, but they have official press conference table, and they have a press person there who's orchestrating everything. And so now it's time for the, the press conference. They're all there. CBS, NBC, ABC, WGN, I mean, WFLD, they're all there. And they allow me to tell the story. And I, I thought this was, you know, really remarkable. I get to tell the story, and the Good Samaritans, they share their part of the story. The press there, then they ask questions. It ends up being on the, the 5 o'clock, the 6 o'clock, and the 10 o'clock news for every station. And the only reason I know that is because I'd be getting phone calls, texts, emails that I just saw you on CBS, just saw you on NBC, just saw you on ABC. And, you know, everyone, you know, took a little bit different version of the story and some interviewed me off, you know, line. Others just took the press conference. It was very, it was amazing. But that was the first part. Then the second part, I said, President Cleary, if we're going to have this gathering, I'd love to be able to share a, a service with the people there and, and just give thanks to the Lord. She said, that's a great idea. We're going to have a, a memorial, not a memorial, an a, a, a anniversary service. So I said, great. With and the press. With, with the press the, there? Well, some of the press stayed, but it was, it was after that. Okay. And so because the press conference was at noon, the service, I think, was at like a one or two. And so now we have like the nicest room in the hospital, large room. And again, it's filled with people that, you know, some, of course, we knew, some we invited, some they invited. The Good Samaritans, their families are there. Some of the press is there. People that were just in the hospital because they were in the hospital end up coming. And so I share the story. I, I use the parable of the Good Samaritan, which, you know, and so I was able to lay that out and obviously talk about the gospel. And, you know, we thanked them and I had different people participate in the service. And Lynn shared, even a little highly shared. My father-in-law spoke. Um, so it was like a regular service, people that were very meaningful, you know, to us and uh, shared. President Cleary shared as well. And so it was a beautiful memorial service. And then and after that, then she shuts down one main entrance of the hospital. She has this beautiful catered um, uh, reception dinner, you know. And That's for amazing. Everything. And so all that, just to say, again, it's not about me. It's about, you know, what the Lord has done. And so she continues to be a friend uh, after all these years. Oh, man. Well, I, um, let me just say that 
you and Lynn, you know, your wife Lynn is remarkable. We could spend a whole show talking about Lynn and her, her mm. background, her father, her family. Mm. But uh, because I know that, I know that she has, she's experienced God, miraculous things from God already leading up to this point. And so had you. So it wasn't like you, you guys were passionate followers of the Lord Jesus. Mm. So, well, first, let me just take a minute to remind you that Christian Health Care Ministries is a, a new sponsor, and they are taking enrollment right now uh, for people who are interested in exploring another way of covering your health care costs. Uh, Christian Health Care Ministries has been in the business longer than anyone, and it's a way of sharing your resources where, you know, what you pay every month goes into a very large pool of resources that helps people who right now are having medical problems and need that help. And then when you have medical problems, the pool is there for you. I know you understand that concept. Maybe you've never thought about doing that, but it could be that your medical insurance has gone up. The premiums are high. You're not getting great coverage. Uh, I just think it's a good time to explore this. That's what I would recommend if you have any questions at all about what's happening with your own coverage right now. chministries.org slash Sandy uh, is the place to go. chministries.org slash Sandy. You can compare prices. They have three different levels. And I want to remind you, you can keep your own doctor or go uh, to the hospital of your choice. Also, they have telemed. Uh, if you, uh, for any kind of situation you might come across, can be handled in that way. It really is a wonderful resource, and that's why so many people are signing up for Christian Healthcare Ministries. I just wanted to make sure that my audience knew about this as well. It's chministries.org. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. I guess the question I want to ask, because usually when these situations happen, the answer is, I recommitted my life. I had a renewing of my faith. I had, but um, I, I'm, I guess I'm assuming that's not true of you, but it could be. I, uh, but I don't think it is. How did this change your life? Seriously, how did it change your life? You know, Sandy, I'm smiling because, so at this press conference, um, so, you know, we tell the story, I tell the story, the different Samaritans, the good Samaritans tell their story, and Lynn and to tell their story, and I introduced the 10-year-old girl who, you know, obviously, I, I, I can't even think about her without getting choked up. But, so now it's time for questions. The very first question was a question very similar to what you just asked me from this reporter in the first row. And he said, you know, and, and he's, I know what he's thinking, that obviously this has changed your life, and, you know, you're going to be, and I said something like, well, sir, really, nothing has changed because what I was doing before this happened is exactly what I want to do after this has happened, which is to live my life for Jesus Christ and to be a fully devoted follower of him and to be greatly used of him to make a difference. So actually nothing is changing. Uh, and I just thankful that I have more time now to be able to do that. Hots, thank you. I just appreciate you sharing that story. We, we know the story, but I, I wanted to hear it again from you. Uh, so um, Dr. Hutz Hertzberg now, of course, is lending his wisdom, uh, his call of God to Turning Point Academy with Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. You heard him talk about that. And I suppose, are you, did I remember that you're developing a curriculum? Well, we're doing four main things. Can, can I just tell you a little bit of how this was birthed? I'll just give you a real quick run-up. So Charlie is obviously seeing a great 
deal of, of, of problems within education and what's going down. And we could talk a lot, Sandy. I mean, that could be a source of a whole other show, a plus of what's currently happening. But your, your, your listeners are pretty in tune with what's going on, I'm sure. So, but Charlie sees this. He sees a need, the need for a new division at Turning Point USA. And so um, we, we, he, he starts his Turning Point um, Academy. He announces it publicly on, or, and, and nationally on all the different platforms. Um, and so now there's a tremendous amount of interest, and we're starting to get inquiries from across the country. In fact, when I came on board in July of 2022, we had three, 300, 300 different levels of inquiry about wanting to be involved, engaged, and, and do something with us at Turning Point. And it was everything from, and this, these are true stories, uh, we have $15 million where a group in Nashville, Tennessee, come start a school for us, to I'm a sixth grade mom, a mom of a sixth grade girl, what history book would you recommend? And everything in between. So what we've had to do in this first several months is really prioritize what it is we are going to do because there's so much we could do. And so in answer to your question, there's four major areas that Turning Point Academy is about. We have other things on the drawing board that we're very excited about, but in this first year we have focused on four major initiatives and we think all are very, very important, of course. The first is that we are seeding schools that are Christian, classical, conservative, church-based, cost-affordable. And I could unpack every one of those C's because everyone is important. But we're for all forms of, of God-honoring, um, uh, virtuous education that promotes student flourishing. But we feel we can contribute this unique model in some, in some ways, uh, and we can scale that across the country. So that's already starting to happen. The second major initiative is providing educator conferences and trainings. So we've already had three major conferences. The most recently, just this past June in, at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, where we had 400 educators from 30 different states. A third were public school uh, teachers and administrators. A third were private Christian school teachers and administrators. And a third were homeschooling parents. And we had some wonderful speakers, of course, Charlie Kirk. We had Kirk Cameron. We had Congresswoman Mary Miller. And we had some outstanding educators that uh, names that maybe listeners wouldn't readily know but were experts in their and are experts in their area so training encouraging equipping educators to be able to navigate what's going down in this educational moment so that's our second initiative the third is what you just asked me about was providing curriculum and resources uh, for uh, schools for uh, individuals for homeschoolers even but the great thing is, is that there's a lot of good stuff out there. So we're not trying to recreate the, uh, reinvent the wheel. But where there have been areas of needs, we have been able to develop some key, key pieces, we think, of curricula that really do meet some specific needs. For example, we've developed this Constitution Kit that is an excellent learning opportunity for either classroom or we have a homeschooling version. Literally, we've, we can't keep up with the orders. I mean, there's people are just think this is tremendous. We've developed an ec economics curriculum. We have a little Patriots Catechism. So that's the third area is, is curricula and resources. The fourth area, and I, I have to mention this because we'd love for many, if not all of your listeners, to consider this. We've developed the Turning Point Academy Association. And, uh, Sandy, I, I can share this with you because you, you would understand this, and I think some of your listeners will, too. Back in the day, the Willow Creek Association had tremendous influence on churches. So put that aside, the Turning Point Academy Association, we envision having that kind of, of influence in the lives of schools and educators. 
that's apples and oranges. I mean, they were committed to churches, were committed to schools and education. But in terms of the influence that they had, I mean, their influence is still being felt in so many churches around the world. So we feel like, by God's grace, we can have that kind of influence. So we invite people to consider, either as a school or as an individual, joining our Turning Point Academy Association. You have to subscribe to the values that we subscribe to. And um, you, there's a app, short application process, and then you're interviewed. And um, we are connecting people from around the country. There are people like you that have a passion, a concern for what's happening and are trying to call students and families to something better. And so uh, we're just getting off the ground, but we already have 32 states represented oh in our gosh. association. And you got this, wait, how, how many months have you been at this? Uh, I started in July of 2022. So it's about what, 14 months, something yeah, like that. I know, it wasn't yeah, very long. Yeah. Well, all right. So. Give us the website again. It's turningpointacademy.com. Dot com. All one word, turningpointacademy.com. Okay. And okay. everything I've said and more can be found on our website. Okay, well, we have to we have to leave with that. But, uh, Hutz, it's just been such a pleasure. And God, I, 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 you know, you've had your, your, you've made your mark in so many we didn't even get to all FCA years ago. Um, you were with Orchard Network in Arlington Heights. You were... President of Christian, um, no, no, what was the one in Christian Princeton? Union. Christian Union in Princeton, uh, d- uh, working on Ivy League campuses. This right. is all just a bit of your background. So I just want people to know the scope in which the ways that God has used you. So um, we'll, we'll talk again about, oh, we might not be able to think of anything else to say, but I'm sure we can think of a lot more <laughs> things to say. Dr. Hutz Hertzberg, turningpointacademy.com. Thank you, Hutz. Thank you so much, Sandy. A joy to be with you. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. You know, when you give to preborn, you certainly, the, any contribution toward providing those ultrasounds is invaluable, but there are other needs that can also be met. And if you have the means, not all of you do, but if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue, in general, during this period of time, 200 babies. To donate, you just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And make your most generous donation. If you are a regular donor or if you've just given one or two times and you want to give again, of course, that's the way you do it. Preborn.com slash Sandy. Some call it fate. Hudson Hertzberg credits faith. You couldn't put together what had to put, come together for me to be able to be here. Hertzberg was happy, healthy, and ready to board a flight out of Midway for a family trip when he suddenly went down. He wasn't breathing and didn't have a pulse. This little girl Ten-year-old Michaela Yarbrough saw him and alerted her medically trained father, who was the first to rush over. Hutz is already shading blue at this point, and uh, I, I kind of mobilized the C-spine. Army-trained nurse Dan Blasini usually cuts it as close as possible before boarding a flight. But on this day, happened to arrive at Midway four hours early. We started doing the CPR and working with them uh, to stabilize them until the uh, paramedics came. Erica Van Hook, an EMT, and Bridget Tyler, a registered nurse, quickly ran over too. As a nurse, 
you don't think twice. Bridget positioned his head and neck while Erica started mouth to mouth, preparing his body for the defibrillator. I hollered for security to bring an AED. We hooked up the pads to him, started breathing for him, and we shocked him twice. Less than 5% of people survive a cardiac arrest outside the hospital, and only 1% regain full mental and physical function. Hertzberg has beat every odd. These folks provided <clears throat> the first layer of care to save my life. The group is taking no credit for the work they did a year ago today, only thankful for the lasting impact it's had on everyone's lives. To sit and look at this gentleman and just go, wow, it's a blessing from God. Hertzberg was taken to McNeil Hospital in Berwyn, where he recovered and was released in just four days. The one-year anniversary today was the first time the group got together again, but they say it will not be the last, vowing to stay forever friends. In the Control Center, Lexi Suter, NBC5 News. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. Uh, that's the NBC report, as they just identified. We played the ABC report for you in the first episode. I want you to know the Chicago media melted down. As Chicago Tribune covered the Chicago Sun-Times, the local stations, it was amazing. They couldn't get enough of Hutz's story and of his testimony. It reminds me, I've asked Bruce to join me. Honey, thanks for joining me. I just want to reflect on something before I let you talk. I, this reminds me of way back in 1994. I was just learning to do radio. I was, had just started at WYLL in Chicago I wasn't doing the drive time yet. I was doing a two-hour, like, after-lunch show. And the news came out that this couple, Scott and Jan Willis, who I knew, uh, he was a, a pastor-slash-teacher in Chicago, Chicago public school teacher, and they had nine children. And the three oldest were grown and married and lived in Wisconsin. And so they decided to go visit their children, uh, driving up, as you and I both know, Interstate 294 through Wisconsin, uh, and in their minivan, and a semi-truck driving in front of them, something fell off the truck and fell underneath it and came back underneath the minivan and hit the gas tank which exploded. The gas tank runs between the passenger seats in the front. And Scott and Jan both reached their arms down into the flames to undo their seatbelts and jump out and go back and pull out their six children. It was from Ben, 13, all the way down to the baby who was six weeks old. Well, there was no time to save their children. The minivan was had burst into flames it was an inferno, and what they saw was their baby and their children burning alive. And Scott, at that time, Jan nearly collapsed. Scott took her by the arms and said, Janet, it's for this moment that we were born. I will praise the Lord at all times. Forever will his praise be on my lips. That's what Scott said to Jan. Their 13-year-old Ben got out of the back of the van badly burned. They thought he'd been spared. They took him away, and within the next 12 hours, Ben had also died. All six children burned alive in that flame. Well, the thing that reminded me about that was this incident with Hutz where the Chicago media exploded. And Jan 
and Scott gave their powerful testimony that made no sense at all to millions of people in the city of Chicago. And actually, I've, I ended up doing two interviews with him that won an award. Bill Curtis gave us an award. It wasn't me. It was their story. I knew that. But this was a huge story in Chicago. And my point in telling you that is how God used their tragedy to shout over the hard-hearted attitudes of the press. Bruce, I don't want to put you on the spot, but were you there in 1994? Do you have any memory of that? Actually, I do not. I was in California at that time. Even though Chicago was home, I was in California, and I did not hear about it. Yeah. Well, it was just an amazing thing that happened. So... Uh, do you have any? We've talked about this incident with Hudson Lynn. Is there anything further today that you, as we close this story, that you want to add? Well, I do think that um, you know it, it's hard sometimes to believe that miracles do happen, but I have to believe in this case this was a miracle. When you think about the intersection of these four people that were medically trained, and not just medically trained, but trained in emergency. Um, care. And that they, you know, one was not supposed to be there. Their flight had gotten changed. One never comes to the airport that early. He did that day. Uh, and that the the young girl that saw Hutz, her dad was one of these people. I don't believe that that's a coincidence. That's a miracle. Yeah, that's a miracle. And him living is a miracle. Yes. So, His and, recovery yeah. is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea until we spoke to him on this interview the percentages of what he survived, that only 5% of the people, I didn't know that, that have a cardiac arrest outside of the hospital, only 5% even survive, and only 1% survive without impairment. That's just an amazing story. So I I knew that uh, all of us would benefit from hearing that story again. I want to also say we learned in this interaction with Hutz, the thing we've neglected here is, the fine work of Turning Point. The fine work of Turning Point. Charlie Kirk is just, I believe God's hand is on him. I do. And uh, uh, to bring in someone like Hudson, Hudson is just part of this massive team. So uh, just be encouraged that God is at work in other ways. He's working with our young people, with a young man like Charlie, reaching other young people. Uh, so we cannot despair, we cannot give up, <laughs> because we serve the God of all hope. Uh, and I just want to remind myself as I remind you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's version of Sandy Rios 24-7. We want to thank our sponsors, Preborn. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion thanks to you. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. Also, Christian Healthcare Ministries. If you need an adjustment, in the way you cover your medical expenses, something that's affordable or more affordable or covers more, check them out at chministries.org slash Sandy. You can call us at Sandy Rios 24-7 at 662-821-2040. You can go to any podcast platform and listen. Or if you're like some people, you can go to sandyrios.com if you don't do podcasting and you're not used to it, okay? It makes it really easy. I want to thank you for listening, honey. Thank you for joining me today. It's always great to have my sweetheart with me. Anyway, 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's edition. And by the way, be sure and share it. If you enjoyed it, share it with people. This story by, with us and the one with General Boykin. I mean, I think we try to do a good show, show for you every single episode. Uh, but certainly, you would agree that those two incredible stories are worth sharing with your friends. So I hope that you'll do that. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.